Welcome to the To Tell Style podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We are on a still journey, and this episode, we're talking about wrestling into rest. We've been on this topic for a couple episodes, wrestling into rest. If you have the copy of my still book, that's amazing, and you'll find this chapter near the end of the book. And if you don't have it, go to thestillbook.com and grab your copy. Today, I am sitting here with one of my very, very best friends. Her name is Tiffany Cummings, and many of you know her because she is a delight in the kingdom and very, very effective. She's uh, somewhat a warrior chick, I would have to say, Tiffany. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I wanted to really dive in and not take any more time here to get right at your story because of the subject of wrestling into rest. And when I met you, I know that you had um, some struggles. You've never really been good at hiding those struggles, which has been very great to be your friend because I don't have to guess with you. You've always been very open and honest, um, but you did have a couple of things that were kind of beating you up silently. I would like you to just start by sharing with the listeners your story, just your story of um, maybe tell us a little bit about your childhood, about your family, the context of the family that you grew up in, you know, your spiritual background, and then um, just start unpacking your story of wrestling into rest. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, You know, when I met you, Jenny, it was funny because at that time in my life, I'll just kind of I'll rewind just a little bit before I rewind all the way. But at that time in my life, we were very successful in business. We had, you know, from the outside looking in, our family was amazing, was, you know, loving Jesus, walking out our calling, just full on into everything that God had for us. And um, it was interesting because you know, in the midst of that, in the midst of having everything that I wanted in life, having, like I said, the success, the beautiful house, the amazing husband, um, the children and all of that, there would be times when I would find myself all of a sudden just in a complete, um, tailspin of emotions that would come out of nowhere and they would hit me And I didn't know where they were coming from. I didn't know how to manage them. I didn't know how to deal with them. I didn't know um, actually how to even be normal in those moments. And what were those emotions? Like, like, was it like, for me, it was sad. Mm -hmm. It was irrelevant. But for you, what were the typical emotions that you had? Yeah, the typical emotions that I had was just massive anger. It was just all of a sudden, you know, the nice, kind, loving you know, Jesus worshiping Tiffany would leave and another Tiffany would come. And it was, it was a complete, basically a rage maniac. It was just, it was, it was quite intense, honestly. And I, and I remember looking back going, if I would have actually, um, you know, my husband did a really good job covering me and he did a really good job, you know, trying to help me. And he did a really good job praying for me, but he, we never really told anybody what was going on because we thought we could just manage it. And, um, so, so this I is never, like a thing. This is like, thing. Oh, couple it was times, a, but this is like no, a real a thing. thing. Yeah. It was a cycle. It was a real thing. And it was, um, you know, where all of a sudden I'd find myself, um, you know, Jeremy would look at me a certain way, my husband, and then all of a sudden my phone's flying at his head. Um, I'm, 
you know, racing out of the garage, ramming my car into the garage because I'm mad. I'm doing anything and everything to upset him because of some unknown reason. I didn't, I didn't really, I couldn't pinpoint why I was so upset. Um, there was never anything that really triggered, triggered it. It just would happen and I couldn't manage it. You know, I also remember growing up and, um, you know, and I love my parents. My parents are amazing. They did a really great job with us, you know, just relationship wise and, um, pouring into our lives, but they didn't, you know, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus and they didn't, they never brought us to church. Um, I didn't even spend Christmases or Easter's at church. I I had no clue, you know, what either of those were growing up. Um, so I never knew Jesus. I never knew what he did, you know, for me. Um, but my question for you, when you had these emotional fits, yeah. Did it ever occur to you, this is a spiritual problem? Or did you feel like, no, something's just wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Because there's no context for yeah. a spiritual um, offender. Well, and I didn't, I didn't have a church body or a family that, that would tell me, hey, you know, like this, this happened to me sometimes and this is how I got through it. I never heard any victory stories. I never heard any, you know, stories about deliverance or demons or anything like that until I actually entered into your living room one day and we had a prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I need help because you guys are, I think that you guys can help me, you know? So, but going back to my family, um, I remember times where my dad, you know, we'd be sitting down eating dinner, you know, everything's fine. Everything's normal. And then all of a sudden him and my mom started arguing just very briefly and our dinner is on the wall. Oh my. All the plates, all the everything is crashed into the wall and we're just, we don't know what's happening. So, so I grew was up in a home like that. That was, that was normal. My dad would have fits of anger and oh, rage and so tough. Um, a lot of, you know, curse words, a lot of yelling, a lot of anger. Um, he was probably so frustrated by himself with yeah. that too, because when you're going through something like that and you don't have, yeah. well, okay. He was, the adult version of what you began to experience as an adult. And so, and you didn't know anything about generational curses and equities, nothing like that. No, Mm -hmm. nothing. I I, I had no clue. Um, Jeremy and I got saved when we were 26. So we were about three years into our, our marriage, six years into our relationship. Our son was three. Our first son was three at the time. And so that's when we met Jesus, but we still weren't in an environment and in a community that taught us about warfare that taught us about renewing your mind that taught us about what the word of God actually is saying. It was usually just a feel good message that helped a little bit in our business. And that was about it. Mm. There was no message of the cross. There was no message of here's what Jesus did for you. Here's, here's what the blood is. Here's what forgiveness is. Here's what, you know, um, what people are going through that they're getting past. There was never any of that. It was very, um, surface. And so when I met you guys and I started coming into a community that talked about this stuff that talked about, you know, there's an enemy after your life. And I'm like, Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, oh, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy my entire life, mm-hmm. including myself and my marriage and my kids. And he's actually using me to do it right now. That's I didn't right. I didn't understand that until I had to come, you know, I got taught that. I had to hear that first. And then and then I got to actually, you know, Jeremy and I were equipped, you know, through the community of um you know, you guys in the, just the Portland community, we lived about four hours out of town. Um, just listeners, so you know, we would drive to Portland, Oregon every, about every three or four months because we knew that we had to get in an environment that would, um, <clears throat> that would set us ablaze for what we were doing. Yeah, and because you know, ours not, wasn't doing that. I knew you and I loved you guys. I knew of you, 
but you and I weren't super good friends at the time. I just knew, well, there she is again. She showed up again. Mm -hmm. She showed up to drenched again. She showed up and you and Jeremy just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And you were honest along the way and you were vulnerable and you wanted the freedom that you were hearing other people talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it came to a head when, like I said, I finally admitted that something was happening, that I wasn't right. And, and you guys have to understand that when you have a battle that's on the inside of you, I always, I always joke around and I talk about Elsa a lot, Queen Elsa from Frozen, because in, in the first Frozen, if you remember, she talks about the storm that is inside and, and, and she's been, you know, she spent her whole life trying to hide the storm that's inside of her. And I mean, she even goes to say one wrong move and everyone's going to know you guys, that was my life. That was actually how I lived because everything was so hidden. There's no rest in that. No, there's no rest in that. Zero. 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 No, a hundred percent. Because, and, and because of that, like I would, you know, and, and here's how the enemy works is, and this is what I've learned later looking back. Cause I'm completely free. Just so you guys know, just in case I don't say that we have an amazing marriage. We're totally, I mean, my husband, and I've been completely set free from, I mean, God has been so good in our life. And, um, but you know, before when there's things that are so hidden and here's how the enemy will work is he will, um, he, he doesn't like to make things super obvious so that you will go after it and deal with it. It's very sneaky. And so I would be, I would actually blow up and I would have a, a fit of, you know, rage that you would call it. And I would, you know, Jeremy's having to protect the kids. He's having to protect himself. And, and I just can't get control myself, you know? And, and, and I would, even to the point you guys where I knew I was so wrong because you remember, I love Jesus. And so I remember finding myself even in the, in the same closet that I go to and pray and worship and journal. And I'm in that same closet, completely out of control and completely trying to to take my own self out. Like I just, I remember like if I could just, if I could just choke myself long enough to stop the emotion. Wow. And I remember, I remember pulling my scarf around my neck really tight and just like, just the complete darkness in the same spot that I used to pray. And I now never are you saying understood. that you would pray there or have those emotions there back and forth yes. in that same place. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, yes. But I was like, I, I couldn't figure out I'm saved. I love Jesus. I'm worshiping him. I am, I am doing all the right things. So to say in a, in a, in a Christian walk and every now and then I'm in that, that same room in that same place doing the opposite. And I didn't understand that. And so that's when we, we started learning about warfare. We started learning about you know, the power of the Holy spirit and, um, speaking in tongues and just everything, just the fight, right. The wrestle that you have to get, you know, f- that you have to take on for yourself. And so, um, but my point with all that was it, it would just go away. Right. So I'd have an episode and then it would, and then I would be fine for, you know, a couple months and I'm thinking, okay, okay, Lord, like, like we're doing good. I'm okay. And I would assess myself all the time. I'm in a constant state of assessment. How is Tiffany doing? I'm doing fine right now. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. I'm loving. I'm loving my kids. I'm loving my husband. I'm taking care of myself, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, boom, it switches. Mm. And and there, there, that thing is again, trap door. Yep. And so that's where I feel like we can go in a cycle for so many years 
because we think we're okay. And then we're like, oh, it's just that it's just, it just happened again, but it's not going to happen the next time. I'm going to get control of myself. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to handle this thing. Right. Because I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell people this is embarrassing. This is something that I shouldn't be struggling with. I'm a grown woman Mm -hmm. because you didn't understand the power of generational curses yes. and how there's things like this, that there's demonic activity that floats to the bloodline until it mm-hmm. is brought to the light, confessed and dealt with, with the blood. Right. Right. Yep. So you, when you, but you can love Jesus and you can do Christian things, but until you come into the revelation that he who hangs on a, on a tree is cursed, Jesus became a curse for yeah. a generational curse. So for a family curse. Yes. And so, you know, it's one of those things, those, those things where it's like, you know, it's not your fault. There was a little girl yesterday at church that I prayed for. And she said that she has been, um, molested four times and she's 15. And I was so sad for her, of course. And I said, honey, you have to know that this is in your bloodline. You didn't choose this because what the enemy does is he says, look at you look at what you've done. You're the one that caused this. You're the one that got yourself there. And because of that accusation, she had shame. Even if she was the victim of this or not, the enemy is going to twist it around to make it your fault. Mm -hmm. And yes, our bodies are engaged and we have, you know, it's not like we lose complete control of ourselves, but it feels like it when there is a generational iniquity that is running rampant and you, and you haven't brought it before the cross, then there is hell happening and blame. And so the amount of shame that you walked in had to be very, very scary. Yeah. And so wrestling into rest because our battleground can become our resting ground. And sometimes our resting ground is first a battleground. I mm-hmm. would say that mm-hmm. in our, and I don't know a single person who didn't have to wrestle with sin, yeah. who didn't have to wrestle with the generational curses, who didn't have to, and, and you know, Jesus already, he already finished it. So it's not like we're doing something wrestling. We're not wrestling something to make it happen. He already did it, but we are wrestling our flesh. Our flesh very much wants to sin. Our flesh very much wants to rage. Yeah. Our flesh very much wants to isolate but our spirit has to go to war for us. Our spirit has to go to war. And so what did warfare look like for you and Jeremy? Okay, number one, I heard you say you got connected to a community mm-hmm. and you told people, Yeah, you confessed. I confessed, yeah. Okay, that's huge. The Bible says mm-hmm. that we are healed when we confess. This is important for everybody listening. If there is a secret something kicking yeah. your tail, you've got to go to the safest person, you know, that knows spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Do not go to somebody who doesn't understand spiritual things or tells everybody what's going on with you. You got to go to the safest person, you know, that understands spiritual things and say, this is what's going on with me. And I don't know how to get free. Can you help me? And there is somebody that will help you. So you did that. Yep. Yep. What did you and Jeremy do have to do on a personal level? Because even though you came into our community and we gave you tools, you had to go home and use the tools. I didn't show up at your door every day and go, hi, are you using your tools, Tiffany? Right. So can you talk to us about some tools? And then I also want you to tell us, so this is kind of a two-part question about the tools, but also tell us about um, the tool of 
that honesty before God, the getting in your, in your secret place and getting to that point where you ask the Lord to heal you of a deeper wound. And he traced your anger, your rage to an event in your life. And so I want you to share that with people because nobody did that for you, Tiffany. Yeah. You had to do that for yourself. So that's a, that's a lot of things I just gave you to cover, but if you could walk us through that. Yeah. Um, you know, basically what happened, I mean, as far as tools and things like that, you know, the biggest tool that we had was, you know, when I, when I did confess and I did ask for help, um, you know, I found myself going through a prayer of deliverance with, you know, Jenny and some other people. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what deliverance was, but there was some things that were cut off in that moment. We got to some, you know, we got to some, some heavy duty, um, things that were inside there that, that the Lord took care of, you know, through prayer, through deliverance prayer. So Mm -hmm. that was the, that was a big one. That was the starting gate of that. And then being filled and baptized in the Holy spirit. That was a big one for us. We, as soon as we learned that we were not operating in the power, the full measure of power that the Holy spirit offers us. And you know, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. If we access and we believe in him. And I think that was, you know, number one, yeah. knowing how to pray, yeah. knowing how to fight these, you know, these things. Jeremy was really big on, um, I think it's, uh, Ephesians six twelve. I don't remember where it's at, but he was, he would be like, I'm not at battle with flesh and blood. I'm not at battle with Tiffany. I'm That's at right. battle with the principalities and the rulers in the air and the things that the darkness and the demons and all of that. That's who I'm at battle with. And so he took it upon himself to battle with the power of the Holy spirit with, you know, praying in his, his prayer language, speaking in tongues and warring on my behalf. And, um, and then I would do that, you know, of course, um, when I was in my right mind, so to say, um, and you guys need to know that it was so bad that if I would have went to the doctor and actually told a medical professional, they, I can guarantee you, they would have handed me bipolar medication because of my symptoms, because of how I was one way, one time and another way the next. Yeah. And it was consistent. And, um, I just want you to know the severity of that, but also the reality of the blood of Jesus, the reality of the redeeming power of him That's and right. the cross. And, and so when you can get, when, when you can, when you can access Holy Spirit's mind for you, his emotions for you, his heart for you. And you can, and you can finally start to hear him about how he feels about you and what's going on. That's when everything started to change. It was Holy spirit. Can you show us what is the root? Where is this allowed in my life? That was the question that we asked. We had been through, I had, you know, been taken through deliverance quite a few times. Um, we got, we got to some major things, some major generational curses, um, I I think of it as a garden, you know, and sometimes you have to chop down some massive trees to get to the garden. Yeah. And then, and then you can start planting some flowers and then digging up some more of the little roots and things like that. And so, um, there was, you know, there were some big trees that were chopped down. There's some big roots that were taken care of, but we never, but that allowed us to get to the final root. So to the seed. Yeah. 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 All the way down, you know, and, and one of the things, if we will allow ourselves to go deeper and deeper and deeper with the Lord, we will allow him to go to the next level. And, and just these there, we have so many layers that he can just work his way down in there into the soil of our, 
our soul really and our heart and just our emotions and things like that. Um, because what you have to understand that we can never logically pinpoint a sin with a traumatic event. Like logically I wouldn't have said, um, this, the reason why I'm, you know, so full of rage is because in seventh grade I was bullied. I would never have put those two Mm -mm, together, but by the power of the Holy spirit and in prayer one time, Jeremy finally just asked, he told me, let's ask a question. And he said, um, he said, ask Holy spirit where the, where this entered, where did anger have allowance in your life? When did it first start? And, um, Holy spirit immediately showed me a memory of sitting in PE class in seventh grade. And, and these girls were making fun of me and they were, and I didn't have a defense. I didn't have I didn't. And in that moment, I made a vow that no one would ever, especially a female would ever hurt me like that. And I would not be able to defend, defend myself. And so that's where anger entered into my life. And Holy spirit showed us that fight back at all costs, fight back at all costs. No one will ever control or hurt you period. Yeah. You made a vow. Yeah. Yep. That vow in that moment in seventh grade. Now, now here's what happened is that led me down a path that I never intended to go. So that moment of making a vow to be tough, to be able to defend myself because I couldn't defend myself in that moment. I felt like a fool and Mm. I, and I didn't know how to combat what was happening to me. And so, um, by becoming a tough girl, by, by, by growing in hate for those other girls, you know, and, and, and going down this path that led me to a crowd that I never should have been hanging around with at a very young age, um, you know, doing drugs at a very young age, you know, 14, 15 years old, doing drugs, skipping school. Um, I had my first boyfriend at 15 years old at 15 and a half. I find myself pregnant and, um, and wanting to escape that lifestyle, you know, wanting to get out. I wanted to get out, Mm. but it was already too late. I was already, I was already having a baby basically is what was happening. And, um, and I remember, you know, that, that feeling again, like you don't, you don't have a way to solve this. Like you, you've made a mistake, you know? And, and I remember that, that time when I was 15 and a half and just, and the Lord by his mercy and his grace brought me back there about four years ago at a drenched event. You know, I was going to the cross just like any yeah. other drench that we go to, you know, we, we, we have a moment with Jesus. We have an encounter with the blood of Jesus. And in that moment after, you know, however many times I've done it, you know, like there's never like, okay, I've been to the cross enough times. That's right. I've been to enough drenches. No, That's right. no, he has something new and fresh every single time. Um, but this time in particular, he took me back to that moment when I was 15 laying on the abortion table and I was Were you quite, like, let's not do this. I'm not, yes. no, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yes. Yeah, I was quite backing um, up. taken back by it. Yeah. Um, no one was saying anything, you know, no one was praying over me. It was just me and Holy spirit. And he just showed me that moment. And he said, are you ready to, are you ready to, and in his loving way, in the way he speaks to me, cause he's not a mean, he's not a mean father. But what he said was, are you ready to own up to what you did? Hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, you have zero remorse for killing your baby. Wow. And I said, okay, well, I want to feel that because I know you felt that. And you had to protect yourself from feeling that pain as a little girl. Yes. It was buried. Yeah. It was buried for a long time. And, um, and so in that moment, I just said, you know, Lord, can you, can you give me your heart for that for me? 
in that moment. You know, Mm. I mean, I was so calloused and so tough against myself, you know, um, protection does that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you protect, you want to protect your emotions and you know, you just, you just, it was, that was the thing, Jenny, that I was going to take to the grave. That was the thing that no one was going to know about. Oh goodness. No one. Um, I mean, I never even talked to my parents about it. You know, there was no conversation about it. There was no, um, this one was deeper than the rage. It was, it was deeper. It was, um, but had God not brought you through mm -hmm. dealing with the rage. Yep then we wouldn't be getting down to the deeper things yep. that were buried. Yep. And there's probably about a five or six year time gap between the two yeah. moments with the Holy spirit, which was interesting, but um, he knew I was ready. He knew I was ready for more of him. He knew I was ready to um, unplug that clog in my, in my heart. And I want to make a point with that right now. That's so good. It's so mm-hmm. wise because you know, when I go to God, I'm like, just clean me out, you know? And it's like, okay, let's, let's be honest. God knows where I am right now. He knows where my heart is. Yeah. I remember sitting down with him one morning and him saying, okay, so I'm going to start showing you some things that are not very pleasant. Some of them are in you. Some of them are in your marriage. Some of them are in your children. Some Mm. of them are in your church. Some of them are in your friendships. And and I just saw him lifting up a rug and he goes, I'm going to let one out at a time. Yeah. And if you square up to it, when I show it to you, if you square up to it, when I show it to you, then I'm going to deal with it right then and there. Wow. It'll be done with. But if you turn away or slant your heart away or try to deal with it from a side angle and not squaring up maturely, it is going to get worse and worse. And I was like, okay. And this might not sound very encouraging to somebody listening, but I was actually leaning in. I was like, okay. And then he just comforted me by saying, now, when I show it to you, I just want you to know it's been there the whole time. Mm. It's not like something new popped up, but I've been there the whole, it's been there the whole time. So that helped me because when something would come up in me or marriage or kids, disappointment wasn't able to grab me. Yeah. Cause it was like, the Lord was like, we're just cleaning the house. We're just spring cleaning. That's all we're doing. This stuff has been there. You know, when you actually start cleaning your house and you're like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. (laughs) But yet it's been there the whole time. Right, right. So, but, but he'll not lift up a rug and let all the gremlins run out at one time. Gremlins, if you don't know what that is, that means you're really young. Um, But that was a show back in the day, but the gremlins would always multiply into little mini furry monsters. But anyway, um, but God is so good because he's not satisfied with us looking at a a lumpy rug and us going, everything's fine. Right. Lord. Fine. Right. And he's like, no, because it's stealing your joy in me. Mm -hmm. It's stealing your identity. It's stealing the love I have for you. And he's thinking, Tiffany, not only do I have a destiny for you, Mm -hmm. which is really cool, right? The enemy wants to stop you from the effectiveness on the earth, but even more important than that, he wants to still your love connection with the father. Yeah. That is what he's after. Mm-hmm. Cause if he can steal the love connection, then we'll go doing quote unquote in our ministries or in our loving other people. And then we'll burn out Yeah, because we can't sustain those things in our own strength. We have to come back to home base, which is the love connection with father God. Yeah. And that's what the enemy was trying to um, really steal from you. 
Well, yeah, he wants to steal our, emo- or he wants to steal our, even our emotions and yeah. numb. And, and so when you talk about squaring up to those moments and not running or wincing or turning away from the pain, so to say, you know, that's really what I think about when, when I hear your analogy of wrestling into rest, mm-hmm. it is, that is the wrestle is I'm going to actually force myself to be right here. And that's, that's what I did in that moment was, you know, I'm, I am there with, with the Lord. And I'm like, I know that I need to have emotion about this event. I know what I did and I know that I haven't, you know, had emotion about it. And so I forced myself to cry. And, and that's really what it came down to. I forced the tears and until, you know, and, and I connected with the actual pain of the moment and that's when the Lord healed me and he took it from me. And, and I saw Jesus walk into the room in that, in that moment. And it was just a beautiful, um, it was a beautiful closure for me. And then ever since then, you know, he was preparing me to share the testimony, to share the, the story of this is what happened to me when I was 15. This is the choice that I made. And this is what it caused, you know, um, our sin won't cause us to go to hell if right. we know Jesus, right. but it will cause hell in our bodies, mm-hmm. in our emotions, in our mind. And I had complete hell in my, in myself, in my mind, in my emotions, in my body. Right. And, um, so until we deal and we square up with those things, um, that are painful, that are, that are traumatic moments and only the Holy spirit can reveal that yeah. we are not, we are not digging our own garden. We are That's letting right. him be the master gardener. And I'm really big on that because, um, but I want to read you something just, I, I know we're probably right. getting close to the end, but I read this, this is this morning, not knowing that I was going to come on here and talk about wrestling interest <laughs> and sharing my story, but it's, um, it's, it's from a Rick Renner, Rick Renner expert from sparkling gem. And he talks about Hebrews 12 run one, which says, let us run with patience at the race that, that is set before us. And he breaks down the word race, you guys. And this is, this blew my mind. And he said, the process um, can be challenging when we call it, when we talk about a race, the Greek word for race in verse 12, one is actually agona or agona, which is most often translated to struggle or to wrestle. Wow. A form of this word is where we get agony. Mm. And that's the race Mm -hmm. is agony agony and wrestling and the struggle. And so he, he goes on, he says, how is wrestling connected to a race? Like, why does that word mean the same thing? Um, and it seems like a mixed picture, but he said to, in, in order to stay in a race, especially a long one, a wrestling in your emotions may be involved as your mind screams at you to throw in the towel. And That's quit. right. That's right. The soul can begin to wrestle with you when weariness sets in, screaming that the race is too difficult, that it's taking longer than you expected, and it's requiring more effort than you originally bargained for. So that's why the Greek word agona is really making a point of regarding the intense, uh, the intenseness of our struggle with the mind and the emotions. And that's really what I had to, you know, be walking out for the last quite a few years is the, the wrestle of amazing, you know, let Jesus have this moment, let Jesus have this emotion, let Jesus have all of this. And that is the wrestle is not running away and not hiding it under the rug any longer. And facing not just the thing that brought us pain, because that's so much a part of it is just letting, let that fear catch up with you. I always say, I fear. Yeah. What are you doing? You had to catch up with me. Let me see. Let me see what you got. Because you're probably a whole lot of bark and not, not a very much bite. 
Yeah. You know, the thought of the Lord bringing up an abortion back to you is probably the most frightening thing to yeah. think that you would ever even have to go think about that again. That's why it was locked up, yep. you know, lock and key. Mm-hmm. And so, but the Lord knew that if he was there with you yeah. in that moment, that that trauma could get purged from your body and from your mind and from your heart. Yeah. But as, if it's locked up, it remains, um, and it remains a, an enemy and a threat to your physical body and your mind and your heart. And so it's just really interesting that the irony of the realm of rest is that we have to battle our way. Hebrews chapter four, I really like it a lot. I actually didn't talk about it in the book at all, but Hebrews chapter four really speaks of this realm called the faith rest realm. And it says that we should, we should fear not entering rest. We should fear not entering the place of rest. The Bible says, fear not 366 times, which is one day for every day of the year and add leap year, right? So there's this spot in the Bible that says, and yet you might want to be a little careful to resist the place of rest. And if you read more on chapter four, you'll see that it was doubt and unbelief Mm. that kept the Israelites from the promised land, which was the place of rest. Doubt and unbelief is this place where we just say, I, you know what, Tiffany, that's good for you. I could never go there. I could never talk about my pornography issue. I could never, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I would never tell anybody I'm going to my grave with this one. And I'm plus, I'm just going to try to stop. I can probably just stop myself or alcohol or whatever. We've seen the headlines. We've seen the headlines of high profile people. It comes out and I have great compassion for them because I understand that the enemy is mean and he wants to bury these things so deep. But if we will have the courage that you had, which you know what? If God gave you the courage, he'll give it to everybody listening. He will give us the courage to come to him. And what I'm seeing is, and what I've, my experience with wrestling, because I have my own stories in wrestling as well, but my experience is if you want to know how to wrestle into rest, it is like zip down your chest, open up all Mm -hmm. the, the, the guts of your heart and say, Lord, here I am. And every ounce of me is coming to you. And I don't like how I feel. I don't like that I'm showing you this icky part of me. I don't like that this experience I had when I was younger was so, um, it's like a nightmare. It's a living nightmare. And we just have to unzip our chest and Mm -hmm. and through this full surrender trust, because we know that the realm of rest is a place of trust. We open up our chest and say, God, I trust you with the good, the bad, and the ugly and I surrender, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop my striving. I'm going to stop the anxiety and I'm going to come to you and I'm going to let you have me mm-hmm. instead of me trying to push back, kick back and resist you. So in closing, Tiffany, do you want to share you and Jeremy's life verse? I know that this has been huge for you guys. John ten ten. Um, maybe just impart something instead of just telling me about it. Why don't you just go ahead and impart to the listeners, just the power of that verse and then go ahead and pray and we'll be done with this, with this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we, we came into full understanding, like I said, the plans that were set out, um, against us and also for us in our life. And so John 10, 10 is a beautiful depiction of that. And it says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
That's the only thing he does, you guys. That's the only thing he does. And he only can do it by lying and convincing. And so remember, he is a counterfeit of Jesus. He he tries to, because I remember thinking one time, why is he a roaring lion? You know, and why is he, why, why does it describe sometimes the enemy that sounds similar to how God is described? And it's because he's a counterfeit. He's a, he's a fake. And so he tries to mask in, in these little lies and tries to convince us. And, and most of the time it rides in right on truth, you know, but, but the truth of the matter is that it's the second portion of that scripture because Jesus says, but I, Jesus have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And that is the truth. And so I just decided in my life to start partnering with that part of John 10, 10, that Jesus came for me and he came to give me life and a full life and beyond measure, you know, of, of an abundance of what, what I could ever even imagine. That's my other favorite verses, Ephesians three twenty, which is, you know, beyond anything that we can think or imagine, like he, Oh my goodness. It's just, it's so good. So I decided to start focusing on that and not, you know, okay, the enemy is coming to kill still and destroy me all the time. He might try, but you know, now that we have the revelation of Jesus, it's, it's not happening. So (laughs) it's pretty amazing. Um, but you know, you have to understand that he doesn't play fair. He doesn't play nice. Um, and we really are no match I believe that we're no match in our human, our human self for sin. We are no match for it, but Jesus is, you know, and it is through him and he is our protection. And, um, And so, you know, the hiding, the concealing, the dark places, that's where the enemy really tries to thrive. And so that's why it's so important to bring things to the light. I heard it said once that whatever you uncover before the Lord, he then comes and covers, you know, and that's a beautiful picture of what you take out of the dark, he will cover with his light and he will make it light. And, um, it says that he washes us white as snow and it's just a mountain, you know, you can never be washed white as snow if you don't admit (laughs) that you have something to clean up, you know? And so I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, I've prayed for a lot of people, you know, through, um, through this ministry and through events and drenches and things like that. And the majority of the people that come and they need healing in their body, I will say that the majority of them, it can be traced back to a trauma that happened in their life that they have never healed from. They have never dealt with. And, um, so I want to encourage you that are listening. You might have some, um, undiagnosed thing in your body. And I'm just prophetically picking that up that you might have something that the doctors cannot figure out what is wrong. And it's, um, it's a tormenting thing. It's a, it's something that consumes your mind. It's something that, um, is distracting you from what, you know, God is asking you to do, even from being a good mom, being able to be a good parent because you're in pain and you're hurting and you can't figure out what the source of it is. I would encourage you to get into prayer and ask Holy Spirit what the source of the pain is. What is the source of this in my body? And um, I believe that he will show you what um, the moment of trauma that happened that has not yet been healed that is wreaking havoc in your body. And so, um, 
So just, you know, if that's you right now, I just want you to close your eyes and we'll just pray right now. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, number one, Jesus, for what you've done for us on the cross, what you took on the cross. And Lord, I just, um, we just honor you with that. And just in your mind's eye right now, as your eyes are closed, I just want you to see Jesus on the cross. And I want you to see him and he is just fiercely in love with you. His love can hold no measure. There's no measurement of his love for you. And you can see it in his eyes. And I just want you to stand under the cross and just let his blood just drip from head to toe over you right now. Just receive the blood of Jesus over your entire body. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for healing every listener right now. I thank you, Lord, for a real tangible encounter with you, a face-to-face encounter. I thank you, Jesus, for a face-to-face encounter. And Jesus, you are real and you are real in our lives. And we bless you. We honor you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. That's so beautiful, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being with us today. You have so much to offer the world and you and Jeremy and your whole family. You guys are really world changers in every single way. It's so fun to watch you make the enemy pay. (laughs) It's amazing. I've seen so much freedom happen through the people that you guys have ministered to. And it's just a joy to watch you bring that same freedom that Jesus brought you. You're willing to share with others. And that's what it's all about. So thank you so much for being with us. Again, this is the To Tell Us Die podcast and we don't want you to miss an episode. So make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe also to our emails and you can do that by going to john1930.com and you'll also see a place there on the website where you can order your copy of the still book if you don't have it already. All right, we'll see you super soon.